Hi guys, Candace here. So glad to get to spend a little bit of time with you today on The Good Day. Here, we'll focus on finding grace in our ordinary days. We'll learn good days don't just happen. And even more, a good life doesn't just happen. There's a choice involved. Join me as we learn how to develop the discipline and cultivate a heart that seeks strength, joy, and peace and finds rest in the good day, one day at a time. Hi guys, so today we have Stephen Roach joining us and I am so, so glad you're here. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and where you're from, what a day in the life looks like, and maybe what you've been thinking about lately. Yeah, so... Happy to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me on the show. Uh, my wife and I and our two children live in North Carolina, and I host, I'm a podcast host as well. I host the Makers and Mystics podcast. And then more recently, we did a podcast for the book Naming the Animals. And so we did an episode for each chapter. Uh, we started a creative arts organization called The Breath and the Clay, gosh, all the way back into 2014. But my heart has always been just to draw the connections between art and faith. And uh, you said, what am I thinking about lately? Well, that's it. That's If you cut me, I bleed creativity and art. And so that's a bit about uh, what we focus on. That's really cool. Yeah, before we pressed record, I was telling Stephen that I'm in full fangirl mode right now. Um, <laughs> I've um, actually been in this mode ever since we first interacted about this episode because another writer had highlighted your book and I was intrigued with the title, Naming the Animals. And like five seconds later, I ordered it on Amazon and now it is one of my all-time favorite books. It's highlighted all the way through and it's one that I will be revisiting countless times. And just hearing that you're from North Carolina, got to visit, oh, it was one of the last falls and just the fall foliage. I mean, it's incredible. That's uh, beautiful. Colorado was always like a highlight for me, but now I'm like, North Carolina might rival that. So <laughs> I'm curious, does your natural surrounding, does it inspire your art, whether it's speaking, music, poetry, illustrating? I mean, there's so much that you do, but. Do you find a lot of inspiration from the nature? I, you know, I do. And I actually spend a lot of times in the woods uh, when I'm not creating or something like that. I'm usually riding my bike. I do mountain biking. And so we have some beautiful trails here in Greensboro. And I do spend a lot of time in nature. This weekend, in fact, we're going up to Asheville with some friends and spending some time in the mountains there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think the environment does impact our creativity and it does impact the way that we view the world. And uh, so I think that I find that here as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> you, you can't not be inspired. It's true. It's In your true. book, you really address the common misconception that we're, some people are creative and some are not, but you really say that we are all creative. It even started not just from birth, but from the creation of the world. And in fact, like you point out, the first five words in the Bible are in the beginning, God created. So can you tease this out for, for us just a little bit? Absolutely. You know, I've, I've said before many times that creativity is not ornamental, mm -hmm. meaning that it's, it's not an add-on, but yeah. it's an essential part of what it means to be human. And, and you're right, in the beginning, 
God created. These are the first five words of the Bible. Before we know of divine love, of religious law, before we hear the angels singing, holy, 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 scripture introduces us to an artist at work. And the first thing that we learn about God that is that he's a creator and that he thinks what he makes is really good, and he gets, <laughs> you know, and he gets a lot of joy out of the creative process. Mm -hmm. And so 26 verses down, when we first are introduced to humanity, the first thing we learn about humanity is that we are created in the image of God, right? So based off of Genesis 1, that's what we know so far is that God's a creator who finds joy in his work and that we've been created in his image. And the name of the book, Naming the Animals, comes from Genesis 2, when the first interaction that you see between this creative God and humanity is when God invites Adam into his creative process through naming of the animals. And you know, if you go back into the Hebrew mindset about naming, it was a prophetic act. It was a it was a very creative act. You were actually speaking the destiny into being mm -hmm. of this person or this, you know, and I just I love that. And I've said playfully many times, you know, the creator of the universe had just stretched out the entire cosmos from the word of his mouth. He didn't need his little dirtling to name his creation for him, right? God could have easily named his own creation, but there was something in the heart of God that desired humanity's partnership in the creative process. And it just goes from there. I mean, I could, I could talk to you about this all day long. It, it, you know, the first person in scripture who is ever named to have been filled with the spirit of God was Bezalel, the artist whom God called and anointed to, to build and beautify the temple. Mm -hmm. And you just see that over and over again, that, you know, this, this creative nature that we have, it does go so far beyond the fine arts. And I love art. I'm an artist. Yeah. And I think artistry is where you most vividly see creativity at work. But the way that we love our families and love our neighbors, the way that we run our businesses, mm -hmm. the way that we do community, the way that we make our meals, the way that we set the table, the way that we design our homes, it goes on and on and on. There's not a part of human life that is not impacted by creativity. And so when people tell me, well, I'm not one of those creative types, yeah. <laughs> I playfully say, well, I'll give you a chance to repent, <laughs> you know, yeah. because to deny the creative nature inside of us really does deny the image of God inside of us. And so I take it very seriously that, um, creativity is a part of our birthright and our inheritance so there's so much you said that I want to unpack several pieces <laughs> of that but starting out with um you mentioned the Hebrew word and I thought it was so interesting how when God created man he breathed his spirit into us and you make this point to connect the Hebrew word for breathe with the Latin word for inspire and so can you tell us more about that Yes. So um, in Genesis, you know, of course, God breathes into the little clay man mm -hmm. and, and that's when Adam comes to life. Well, when you look at the Latin verb, the Latin word, I mean, um, 
for inspire, it means in spirit, breathed into. And so from the very beginning, there's a relationship, a linguistic relationship between God's breath and inspiration. So in a sense, you could say that Adam was inspired to life. And so, um, and, and this is a good word study for anybody that likes to dive deep into these things, but go throughout all of scripture and look at when you see the wind, the breath, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Most every time that the Holy Spirit is present, something creative is happening, whether wow. it's the beginning of scripture or whether it's like um, Mary, when mm. the Holy Spirit comes upon her and suddenly there is the creation. birth, yeah. you know, there's creation. Yeah. And and you'll see that time and time again, all throughout scripture. And uh, the last thing that Jesus did is he breathed on his disciples and then sent them forth to inaugurate, to inaugurate the new creation. And mm -hmm. so there's just a relationship between the breath of God and the inspiration, creative inspiration that I, I don't think you can separate. No. And that's why I just love studying scripture because there is always something new and to mm -hmm. study. And like, you're just inspiring me to go back and take a, a deeper look at that. And mm -hmm. wow. Another thing that you talked about is God's creative process. You know, and the Holy Spirit is definitely involved in that. But in your book, you dive into the God's creative process and how, you know, even for me in starting this writing journey, one of the biggest fears on my heart was what if I run out of words? What if I lack stories? And it was so cool to hear you talk about how God uses lack and then multiplies it. And yes. so can you just dive into that for us just a little bit? Sure. I think, you know, historically, we've said that God created everything out of nothing, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, which just blows our minds. We can't really conceive what that means right but in the same way i just mentioned mary there's the empty womb and there was nothing of of, of humanity this was a god breathed um you know pregnancy creation so again the emptiness then god feels the emptiness and then i love the story uh because it shows the playfulness of god and people have asked me what are your favorite characteristics of god well it's the mischief of god and it's the <laughs> playfulness of god we i want to write a book one day about the mischief of god and i want to read it <laughs> <laughs> i'll make sure you're the first to get it yeah um but you know you know the story they're in the desert and the disciples are like hey we're out of food mm -hmm. and um and Jesus' lack did not deter him. It's like, well, what do you have? Well, we've got one little boy's lunch. There's mm -hmm. definitely not enough for 5,000 plus people, you know? And so Jesus takes the little of nothing that they had. And when he gives thanks for it, uh, it multiplies. And for me, I have found that to be a principle of creativity, that rather than looking at our lack, what we don't have, I, I'm, I'm not a professional writer. I, I don't have the musical instrument that I need. I, I lack this. I don't have the time. I don't have the space, et cetera. We tend to focus on our lack, mm -hmm. but scripture shows us that that blank canvas is the, is the place where divine creativity can happen. And so my life has been a journey of rewiring the way that I think. And so rather than when I sit down at the piano, not knowing what to play, I come with an expectation and anticipation of surprise. What am I going to find? What is, what 
what is going to appear that did not appear? What bush is going to be on fire today? Mm. And it really does take a retraining. And we talked about inspiration a few minutes ago. I don't believe that inspiration is always a lightning bolt of ideas that we're subject to. It either comes or it doesn't. A lot of people think that way. I think that creativity and I think that inspiration is a discipline. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's learning to see the way that he sees, right? So uh, my friend, Jonathan Helser, he wrote an old song. Uh, what do you say? Um, I see a mountain, you see a miracle. Mm -hmm. uh, I see dry bones, you see an army. Yeah. You know, all these metaphors, if we can, we can look with eyes of lack or we can look with eyes of abundance. And I think that part of the creative process is retraining ourselves to see the emptiness and the nothingness as a blank canvas. Mm. That's so good. And, you know, I think that even going back to my own journey, I see that because I was so worried that I'd run out of stories. And now it's like through this journey, God has just trained me to be a noticer. And, yes. and that, it is a spiritual discipline of awareness to see that God is in every moment, even the very secular moments he's there. And so I've written stories about when my breaker was broken, you know, like these things <laughs> yes. that you think are just not eventful at all. And it's like, no, there was truth for me in this. And so That's right. um, it's been just incredible. And if that was the whole purpose of me going on this journey, then that's worth it, you know, to mm -hmm. just see God so close to me everywhere I'm at. Yeah. Um, but I do want to spend just a minute because going back to the title of the book, Naming the Animals, I just loved how you said, I'm going to read this off because I don't want to misquote it, but it says, our creative work in the world was designed to be accomplished through collaboration with God. He is the great initiator and we have been invited to contribute to his work as co-creators. And this is a very poetic thought, but it's not just that, it's so much more. And so can you explain a little bit more about how God first initiates this with Adam? And then I want you, because it was a mic drop moment for me at the end of the book, uh, when you connect this to the flood. So can yes. you bring that full circle for us? Absolutely. So I, I love that you pointed that out, because honestly, that was one of my favorite thoughts in the whole book. Yeah, I'm hey. jaw dropping. <laughs> I just like sat there like, yes, whoa. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you follow the narrative that says um, in the beginning, there is a creator. We've been created in his image. The first act that happens is that we are invited to partner with God in the creative process. And by the way, when you look at what God teaches Adam to do in the garden, it's to cultivate it. And, and that word cultivate um, lends itself to the creative process. It's, it's all about going through the creative process with God. So when Adam joins God's creative process in naming the animals. This is the first partnership between the divine and the human that you see in scripture. And this is before the fall of man. This is before Genesis three. Mm -hmm. But what stood out to me that so fascinated me is that when you fast forward to Genesis six and the whole world has gone crazy, everything is awry, creation's messed up. It says every man's every thought is evil and God is grieving, he's in that place, what, what does he spare? When he, when he, it, it's, it's so funny to me because 
he his solution okay so i've created mankind for creative partnership with me they decided to go their own way what is what is god's response to this he finds a man and gives him a creative idea <laughs> mm-hmm. he doesn't stop he did not change his mind and his intention toward us mm-hmm. he found noah and gave him the blueprints to create a boat, which by the way, doesn't that just seem like God? He gives us an idea to create this thing that makes no sense <laughs> for the current moment. It's like you're building a boat in the middle of the desert. You know, who is right. this? Who is this guy? Yeah. But Noah creates this boat. Mm-hmm. And then God says, I want you to fill the boat with the animals. Mm-hmm. And that always stood out to me. Matter of fact, when I first started really receiving that understanding, I just teared up because what it resonated in me is that despite our flaws, despite our mistakes, despite the things that that Adam and Eve did that were not part of the script, mm-hmm. God did not waver. He He spared the animals, I feel like, as a symbol of sparing that divine human partnership that he intended from the beginning. Mm. And, and I just love that he, he spared the, the, the work because it meant something to God. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I love those, those moments in scripture where it says God drew close, God drew near to see what they were making. Even in, in uh, Genesis 11 with the tower of Babel, he, God drew near to see what was going on. There's a, I don't know how curiosity works theologically in the heart of an omniscient God, but, but God is curious Mm -hmm. and, and, and he loves our creativity Mm -hmm. and he loves to partner with us in it. And so it just occurred to me that God saving the animals was more than just saving the animals. He was actually saving the very first partnership between God and mankind. And isn't that beautiful? It is. And I used to be a kindergarten teacher. So even just now hearing you talk about this, it's probably that background plus my nieces and nephews. It makes me think of their little pictures that they would draw for me. And they're just little stick figures, you know, and not saying that our work is like stick figures, but compared to this mighty God who can create everything out of nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, but still like how special and how tender those little stick figure drawings are to me like that is how god sees our creativity yes and it's just it's beautiful to think about and that he preserved that he saw it not only sees us as worthy but sees what we create through him as worthy of saving too absolutely you know yeah and that's why i tell people that you know the the creative process itself before we ever get to the intention of the artist or the content of the art the creative process itself is a spiritual practice mm-hmm. it's a spiritual process and you know this might get into a rabbit trail but like you know many people that that don't accept the faith or many people that don't follow jesus they find some measure of spirituality within things like music and art, because mm-hmm. there, there's a seed there. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, the full blossom comes when we do that in partnership with the one that gave it to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, another thing that you beautifully wrote that I'm going to read again, just because it's so good. You said, the calling of the artist or the invitation, as I prefer to say, is to steward and restore a sense of God's presence in the earth. Mm -hmm. And so whether we, like you said, initially think of ourselves as artists or not, 
you help lead us to understand that the Christian life, our lives are meant to be led, like to be a work of art, whether we yes. spend them in the classroom, in the kitchen, in the studio, mail room, on the side of the road, or anywhere in between, that it's all meant to be a work of art in collaboration with our creator and this offering to the world who is truly craving beauty and truth. And so, goodness, just thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to write down these thoughts and share so much insight. I mean, like I've said, it's impacted me and I know countless others. And it's just really freeing when we realize that it's not us that is God working through us. And I know for me, I get kind of halted on this creative process where it's like, everything's kind of messy right now. Like I'm a type A creative, which I think is kind of an oxymoron. Because <laughs> um, a lot of creatives, we see they just like thrive in the mess. And I'm like, I like to know the plan and get there and, you know, then be creative. And this book just came at an impeccable time for me because I was struggling with that. But it's freeing to see that God is doing that work and just to mm -hmm. lean in to the messiness. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I would say this, you know, for me, creativity is more about the process than the product. Mm. You know, it's the process itself is, is more important sometimes than the outcome, mm -hmm. you know? So of course we want to make beautiful things. We want it to turn out right. right. Yes. <laughs> you know, we all get frustrated when it doesn't turn out right. Mm -hmm. But the process itself is where the personal transformation happens. And it's where we learn, you know, every failed piece of music I've written has paved the way for the one piece of music that's going to be beautiful, you know, so nothing is wasted. Yeah. Okay. On that same note, I have to ask, so I'm on this journey of getting out of my comfort zone, trying new things I even have created a YouTube channel to hold myself accountable. It's called Let's Try That. So you mentioned even the music that's failed. And so what is there something that you have tried maybe recently, whether you failed or succeeded or something that you plan to do in the future, just for the fun of it? Oh man, that's a great question. I, I have so many ideas. I, I, I don't know. It's like a beehive all of a sudden when you say <laughs> that. Um, yeah. As, as far as, um, you know, something that's, that's, tried and failed there there are many iterations of things that that have come up across the years but uh, as far as something that um i would love to see in the future mm -hmm. is i would love to see these small creative communities that are scattered all around the world mm -hmm. i would love to see them coming together with the same vision and values and help one another grow and 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 connect whether virtually or in person having dinners together mm -hmm. but creating a culture of creativity that enables who god's made us to be to flourish in its fullness you know i i, I believe with my whole heart that creativity is the way forward for the church and i know that that is a huge statement with a lot of things to unpack but I really, I really do feel that passionately about it, that creativity is not ornamental. It is the way heaven comes to earth through mm -hmm. partnership with God. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to see uh, small creative communities coming together uh, to form one fishnet, if you will, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, 
I was trying to think of a funny thing that that failed um, <laughs> because there have been have been plenty of of funny things that that have happened, but um, nothing nothing is coming to mind right now. If something else comes uh, before yeah. the conversation's over, I'll revisit it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is a big statement that creativity is the way forward with the church, but it does make sense. You know, mm-hmm. our we start church services with worship and it invites us into his presence. And so it would make sense that that creativity leads us forward. So that's a beautiful thought I haven't thought about before. Well, I, you know, I've, you mentioned worship and, and we have, we have seen the beauty and the worth of, of musical expressions of worship for centuries. That's been a part of the church for so long, but what if, here's just a question to consider. Mm-hmm. What if music was only the beginning? And what if visual art, what if choreography, what if filmmaking, mm-hmm. what if hospitality, mm-hmm. what if all of these things were meant to lead us into worship in the same capacity that music does? What if music was only the beginning, right. but, the, but the full expression uh, involved all, all of our creative expressions coming together? Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. And something to really think about (laughs) that even hospitality and all these areas are works of art. It absolutely is. All the gifts of the spirit that he gives us, you know, it's a work of art. Yes. Come together. Well, everyone, let's choose to do more than just agree with Stephen. Let's put this mustard seed of faith that we've gained today into action. You know, Jesus, he wasn't looking for his disciples to merely agree with him. He invited them to participate with him. And he's doing the same for us. And so let's join in with him and let's think of someone in our lives who needs to be reminded that they've been invited into this creativity with their creator, whatever that looks like for them. And let's share what we've learned today with them. The book is called Naming the Animals. And Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Let me know when that book about the mischief of Jesus comes out. I'm going to be the first one to buy it. And anyway, we'll have to chat again sometime. (laughs) Thank you for doing this work and, and thank you for having me on the show. Let's find strength not in our creative abilities, but in God's invitation to collaborate with Him. Let's find joy in the process, however messy it may feel, and peace as we trust God's creative process to take what we perceive as lack and multiply it as He sees fit. Let's rest from striving and experience freedom as we live our lives to be a work of art offered to God to lead others to the beauty of His great, unconditional love for them. The good life, well, it starts with a good day, then another, then another. Let's choose to live the good day, one day at a time. 